Welcome to ContenderCast, a leadership conversation centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast for shining a light on bright ideas. And today, I am so excited that on the podcast today, I've got Sarah Bala. She is a psychologist and president of Data Points, co-author of The Next Millionaire Next Door. Sarah, it is awesome having you on the podcast. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, me too. I couldn't wait to, uh, to talk to you about your new book, your company. And I, you know, this is just such a great topic, the whole finance space and, and, and building wealth and talking income. That's our roadmap for today. And we're going to, of course, um, cover your new book and your company. Um, and you know, uh, many of you that are listening are going to recognize Sarah and her father for their work uh, in this space. And I, I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. So Sarah, let's jump in. So talk about um, the next millionaire next door and how you got to this point of writing this book with your dad. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, his first sort of uh, book that looked at how individuals build wealth over time came out over 20 years ago. So that was 1996. Wow. Um, wow. Really, yeah. So it makes kind of, it dates us all, right? <laughs> right. Um, but um, so that came out over 20 years ago. And so several years ago, my father and I began looking at, you know, what had changed, what was different, how could we um, go back and look and see if some of the same things that distinguished people that were really successful um, at managing their financial lives, if those things were still the case or if, you know, technology sure. and, and the, the economic conditions change things. So that's kind of the why. That's that's awesome. Yeah. The Millionaire Next Door, I'm sure many of you have read it. Um, and if you haven't, you've, yeah, of course, go check it out 20 years later. But um, that's right. That's what's right. really cool about that book, I mean, it really talked to the decisions, the behaviors, the characteristics that are aligned with wealth building. And that's what was really cool about it. And then it ties to consumption and budgeting and, and investing and financial management and all the pieces around that that all of us are or many of us, let's just say, are not so good at, right? And so, absolutely, I love it. So you go back and you kind of you're you're looking at the initial principles and and content for that book. And what did you find that were some of the gaps or things that had changed in the in the last twenty years? Yeah, you know, a couple of the things, particularly around housing, that's interesting. So in terms of, yep. Yeah, so I think in '96. Um, you know, the average price of a, or the value of a home that a millionaire was in somewhere around two hundred and fifty or three hundred thousand um, dollars. Today, that is more like eight hundred thousand dollars. So even with when you adjust for inflation, it's still pretty, you know, a, a lot more. Um, you know, but there is again, we looked at things. We looked at a few different things too from that book. So we looked at things like. Um, how millionaires make investing-related decisions and some of those cognitive biases that, that play on our decision-making when it's time to buy or sell. Um, and, you know, we found that millionaires, just like all of us, make mistakes. Um, they, they buy when, the, the, when they shouldn't and they, they sell when they shouldn't. And so, you know, it's important to understand that even with that sort of, you know, with those mistakes that you continue to invest and make you know, keep going with it, even though, you know, all of us um, make errors. Sure. Well, one of the things you talk about is kind of this proliferation of new financial blogs, podcasts, you know, people that are quote unquote experts in the industry. And they be, they can almost say that they're experts, even if they're not because of the power of you know, technology and the internet, et cetera. So how has that piece played out in terms of impact on people's investing decisions? 
Yeah, you know, I think that um, I think what's happened, just like you said, that that all of the technology allows us to share information, and so um, you know, I, I think that now individuals and all of us can really see into some of the some of the intimate details of people's financial lives, and they can realize or recognize that there are ways to build wealth that are not as traditional, maybe as they thought that they sh- you know should be, and um, so part of it, I think that 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 you know, financial um, independence, retire early community, which is a lot of what what's out there today, just helps people understand that there's a different method, that they don't have to follow the same path as everyone else. And so I think that that's a really, really good thing. No question. Yeah. So talk about some of the big ideas from the book. It, it, as um, This just came out this this last fall. I'm excited about it. Um, talk about some of the big ideas in there that are, are, are things that you think are really powerful in terms of the message. Yeah, you know, I think going just kind of going back to that same theme, um, just the concept that people are influencing us at all times, and we really need to just kind of be aware of how we're making decisions, um, and that sometimes requires us to stop and, and think why we're making certain decisions about our lifestyle and about our financial lives, um, and, you know, we talk a lot about social influence, whether that's social media or what your neighbors are doing next door. Um, and so, you know, thinking really, uh, thinking about that, taking some time to recognize that there's always going to be some influence on us. Is that really helping me reach my goals? I think that was one of the big themes of the book. Yeah, no question. And, you know, I, one of the coolest things about this as I, as I was preparing for today was, and do, doing research on you and your father was that you guys got to work together. And, I, you know, I was telling you this before I hit record, but I mean, it, it's not every day you get to work with a parent on a project like this. And talk about how that played out for you and how you got engaged in this space with your dad. Yeah, so he, you know, my, my father was a marketing research uh, professor. That was his field. He really looked at how affluent markets um, behaved and their lifestyles and everything else. And um, really until I was uh, in graduate school, I didn't recognize kind of the value of what he had done. Right. Sure. You know, I'm in college. I don't, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> my, I don't know what my dad right. does. Um, but, but um, at, you know, I became an industrial psychologist. So I started looking at um, how individuals became successful in their jobs. And, oh, and the interesting. Kind of, yeah. Characteristics that allowed somebody to be, you know, a top performer within a job or an, as an entrepreneur. And, you know, what we found was there, there was a lot of overlap in sort of the, the methodology that we use and, and the research that he did. And I started applying that to your financial life. So are you really a good performer at your financial life and kind of ask that question. And that's how we began, um, you know, working together and, um, you know, we had uh, uh, several years of doing that uh, before he passed away in 2015. But he, um, you know, definitely served as my mentor within this space because I was I was used to the the human resources world more so than the financial services world. It's fascinating. So yeah, undergrad, masters, and PhD in psychology. Wow, <laughs> that's, yep. that's pretty yep. awesome. Yeah, lots of lots of human behavior. Stuff <laughs> no, I love that. Yep. Well, and this links to your company data points, and I uh, I want to make sure that we talk about this because I think it's really interesting. You know, you've got the principles here in the book, and then you you those actually meld over into your day job, but um, you know, again, data points, and you offer behavioral assessments that predict net worth behavior during a down market savings rates, et cetera, and a framework around financial investing. So, talk about that and like how that's how you've developed that. 
Yeah. So, you know, we took some of the same kind of characteristics that my father found, that, that academic research has found, um, that predict or help explain why people are successful. And we applied those in uh, a psychometric sense. So we created assessments that um, are offered to either financial advisors or coaches or financial therapists, as well as individuals that help you understand yourself a little bit better. So what are my financial patterns of behaviors? How do I generally act when it comes to spending? And what do I typically do when there's a down market? You know, and we look at those kinds of things, and then we provide some insight that helps the individual or the client understand, you know, what that means and how that can change um, and can improve over time. Got it. Wow, that's really interesting. And who do you find is your target customer? You know, as you're looking at not only the biz- the business, but then the book, like who's your target audience for this, for this content? Yeah, you know, typically it's fee-only fiduciary financial planners, so um, financial professionals that are really working in the best interest of their clients that are, you know, really committed to helping them uh, and, and empower them and, and helping them kind of manage and become successful um, at finances all, versus selling them something, if that makes sense. So that's really where we find, um, you know, the most success and typically the, the folks that we work with the most. Got it. Now, uh, as you launched the, this book this last fall, um, talk about, you know, just the process of, of putting that together. I've had a number of guests on that have written, you know, really interesting books and whatnot, but talk about, you know, how long did this take for you and what did that process look like with your dad? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, we started the outline for this book probably back in 2012. Oh, wow. Six um, years. And yep. So it's been a, it was a long, long process. Um, and then started, began collecting data for it in 2015 and finished up in 2016. Um, and so, you know, obviously the, the, the plan was for him to be sort of the, the first author and, and I would serve as sort of that data analyst and, and um, color commentary, if you will. But <laughs> right. that, that changed. Yeah, that changed a little bit. Sure. And so, um, you know, had to kind of readjust plans. And so, in, you know, in terms of having a business to run and writing a book, I sure. would say that's probably not the best. Right. Um, that's not the best choice. Right. It takes it's a lot, a lot of time. longer to, a lot to time. serve two masters that way. But sure. um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of how the process went. Wow. Um, and talk about what, when you rolled out this last fall, what's been the target uh, market? What's been the feedback thus far, et cetera? Yeah. You know, I think it's always hard to follow up um, a book that was on the New York Times bestseller right. for right. like over, I Forever. don't know how many weeks. <laughs> like 172 weeks or Unbelievable. something like that. Unbelievable. Yeah. So, so I, you know, I, I certainly wasn't hoping for that. I really was, um, you know, is my goal in finishing the book after, after he passed was really to, um, you know, do his work justice to demonstrate the research that was out there without, you know, um, it, you know, really to, to show people that this could actually be done. And, so, so far, we've had really good feedback. Of course, awesome. it's not the original. So, if you're right. expecting to reread <laughs> right. that book, you know, it's not that. But, right. Um, so it's far, not like so part good. two, right? Yeah, right, I mean, correct. Yep. but it's it's helpful. And I think that's what's great about it is you know it's you're you're making a positive difference. You're making an impact with the content here. I think that's really powerful. Yep, definitely. Hoping that that people see that you know just because you're you were born in a certain. Uh, time period, which a lot of people are saying, well, millennials can't do this or, you know, you know, depending on, you know, what your job is or your job title and that kind of thing, you can't do it. Well, you know, I don't think that's 
that's the case. And we certainly you know, went out to show that as well. Sure. So to, for our listeners that are wanting to pick up the book and find it, where can they find you and your book, et cetera? Yeah. So, um, you know, our company, DataPoints, datapoints.com, we have, you know, information about the book there. Um, uh, you can also take some of our assessments that we have. We have ah, a financial nice. satisfaction assessment. Yep. Um, if you go to datapoints.com slash learn, you can take our change readiness assessment to see if you're ready to make a that's financial change. Huh, that's interesting. Really yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah, we're on Twitter at datapps um, uh, or Facebook. Yep. That's pretty awesome. Well, Sarah, it's been awesome having you on the podcast. And I just have to say, I'm, I'm excited for you and this new book and your business. And I just, uh, I think it's really going to make a difference with people. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate Absolutely. It. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via the Apple iTunes App Store, the Google Play Store, Spotify, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at contenderbrands.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender. Contender.